Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. And welcome once again to another Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRia.com. And uh, next guest and the company she represents, if somebody we're very familiar with here on Cannabis Radio, you might remember Vince Ning, who is the CEO and co-founder of Nabus. And he's been on with us several times before, uh, uh, Nabus, excuse me. And that was actually back in January 2022. And I remember we talked to him first. We talked about the company back in November 2018 when we first started. Today, we're having a good welcome on board the Director of Marketing and Partnerships with Nabus, Jen So. Thanks for being on with us. Thanks for having me. When I talked with Vince back in January of last year, the company had built to serve now 99% of licensed retailers in California and, you know, being the distribution middleman for cannabis cultivators or retail brands. So there's a lot that's been going on now with the company. And in particular, what we wanted to bring on board is the fact that, you know, we, there's been so much that's being done right now in terms of, you know, where you worked on several high profiles cannabis brands yourself. Now, you're working with Anabis to be the largest wholesale cannabis distributor in the world's largest cannabis market. So talk to me about what it's been like to work with Anabis the last few years and what's been done, because obviously there have been a lot of partnerships been put together, a lot of brands being come to place. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been pretty a pretty wild ride. Um, I mean, I, I started back in 2014, and it's, and it's interesting because when I was on the retail side, um, I remember Navis was one of the one of our distributors that we would work with that would you know deliver products to a retail shop and um, it was always a pretty consistent experience but um, I think being a bystander and watching Vince and June kind of develop and evolve the company into what it is and now being a part of it, it it's really been special um, I, I think they're they're building a great community within the space um, and as you're familiar with a lot has developed I mean um, back in 2018, that was the beginning stages of building out the ERP system. Um, Vincent June were directly driving products out of the vans themselves. But now, obviously, the team has grown to over 250 employees. Um, we have a full-fledged product and engineering team, our finance team we just reinvested in. Um, so I think when you when you take a look at the the plethora of brands that we've we've essentially onboarded, it's it's been pretty diverse, not just culturally, but also brands that are vertically integrated, some that just own the brand IP. I mean, that just goes basically back to the mission of, you know, we we want brands of all types in the space to utilize us as a tool 
And there should essentially be a lower barrier of entry when it comes to launching a brand in the cannabis space. So we essentially see ourselves as like the ultimate connective tissue between brands and retailers. We want to provide the most efficient tool possible, streamline logistics. And not only that, we're really trying to push forward this year um, the tech side of our business as well with our e-com and marketplace platform. Jen, I want to ask you now about marketing strategies and the idea that with Navis doing so much to extend partnerships, the fact that they want to continue to reinvest resources and teams to the presence that's going to help with all those other companies that you're working with. Talk to me about what it is that you're able to do internally, what you're doing yourself in those efforts to help all these other partnerships that are being put together and helping them brand effectively. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, our, our distribution model, I, it's it's fairly different than a lot of a traditional distribution models where they do have a brand management team, incubation program. I think for us, the reason why we've been able to scale is we've been able and work with so many brand partners and support them in this industry is because we've shifted our model to focus more on logistics and last mile fulfillment and also um, the, the tech side, the software side of our business. So we also we we know we understand that in this space tech is incredibly fragmented. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for growth in that space, particularly. So we wanted to essentially fill that pothole in the space. Um, so for us, we you know there's I, I guess it's twofold. So one aspect of it is having a reliable tech stack or platform to manage the back end of your business, and so that's having insight into um, your own data analytics. So as a brand partner, they have access to their account. They can manage all of their inventory and order historicals on the back end. Um, and we've also kind of curated an analytical dashboard for them to have um, a little more granular insight into their market saturation, SKU performance, and retail performance as well. Um, and then secondly, an, a product that we've been uh, working on, and I think the biggest hurdle has been around market adoption, is the marketplace, which is a B2B wholesale platform. Um, and that acts as like the ultimate digital showroom slash connective tissue between um, the brand and the retailers. So uh, we we created that so we can streamline the process for retailers and the buying team to essentially purchase products through the marketplace um, and also find um, have organic discoverability on the marketplace as well. And hopefully the as a brand when they're in when they're on there. Um, they can essentially maintain current accounts with reorders and they are, also can capture hopefully new account growth um, within that organic discoverability. And uh, I think that's where we've been kind of playing around more internally when it comes to marketing efforts. So um, mainly around, I would say, product curation, building campaigns around that. Um, obviously, we we have a pretty agnostic model. So um, when it comes to creating those campaigns, we'll do something called, for example, March. We'll do um, Women's Month. So we did this whole campaign on the marketplace for retailers saying like, you know, check out the women-owned brands, support them, X, Y, and Z, kind of creating a story lap, story, story light around that. So each month we're, we're essentially creating a new narrative on the marketplace. So as a retailer, when they're logging on, they can experience something new um, every time they're on there um, and have that truly curated user experience. And as a brand, they do have the opportunity to get amplified in the digi digital space as well through our platform. Now, uh, most recently, uh, 
with March being Women's History Month, I know that's one of the things that's been a lot of focus that we're getting a lot of, a lot of interest in discussing about. So with that, it's about understanding the importance of consistently recognizing and celebrating the vast contributions, courage, and resilience of women throughout time. Well, that's just, that, that's a given. I mean, that should be all year. And the thing is, is that women need to be such, not just contributors, but need to be, in, must be integral in every area, every facet, especially with cannabis brands, because one thing I always make mention of, I mean, you want cannabis to be such a product that just like every other consumer market, women control the purse strings. Women control the buying power in the market. And so you want to go ahead and do more so that women are much more engaged and they're much more the leaders and they're the ones that are really much more interested in finding products that are more like-minded, more that are more to fit their lifestyle and the culture. And that's the idea because it has been very male dominated. When you think about everything that proceeded before with cannabis, now that we're having the, where the space is so mainstream now and you're, you're seeing so common, the part of the things that are the Navis marketplace is about celebrating women's history month. And that's a focus on that. So talk to me about the importance of, you know, putting this together because women do need to be understood. It's not even so much about just the contribution. It's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. It's also about, you know, women understanding what women want and putting that forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think this month, this month, it is especially, it, it, it does feel special. I mean, it's it's really interesting because as you know like what you know cannabis was during the prohibition era everything was kind of under wraps like everything was siloed like i i personally didn't have as large of a network as i do now um because you know you didn't really openly talk too much about um what you did for business so <laughs> obviously that that's changed with now that we're in the the legal recreational era um and I, I think to really succeed in this space, like you said, I mean, it's alluding to what you're saying, is to really connect with other women leadership in the space. Um, there's certain things that we can confide in, collaborate on, partner with. Um, we, our, our perspectives are very much similar and work kind of parallel with each other in the space. And it's truly about empowerment. I mean, um, cannabis, starting a cannabis brand on its own is difficult as it is. Um, and especially with being a woman in the space and starting a cannabis brand, I mean, that adds another layer to it. So um, I think if there's any opportunity to amplify women in the space, um, 100%, if it was every day for a whole year, that'll be great. Um, but I think specifically, at least we have this designated month um, where we can truly push forward those brands um, and the women in the faces behind that, that those brands as well. I think about going back to, I mean, it's been, I want to say a good six, seven years since doing the program for blunt businesses specifically. And, you know, I, I go back and I think of, you know, people that run startups or those that are just very vocal when it comes to women and, and being in positions of leadership. And I still go back and 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, it's a matter of one of the things I always kept hearing about was the fact that also when when there are seats, well, I always talk about this as well. When it comes to social equity, it's that same discussion. Everyone has to have a chance to have a seat at the table. But when you're at the seat of the table, it's about, first of all, representation, bringing people in that are like-minded as you and bringing them into the fold. The other part is once you're in there to elevate yourself up or to any woman to elevate themselves up, the one thing I always heard about was, it's about how vocal you are and, you know, breaking through the barriers of the fact that that glass ceiling doesn't need to exist in the cannabis industry, but that there, you know, there's an easy way to go ahead and crack the glass. There's an easier way if you're much more vocal. But what do you think about that, that aspect of, you know, that, you know, it's not just the fact of you want to champion female entrepreneurs, investors, people that were in, that are in maybe in middle management, looking to get up to the CEO level, getting up to that C-level of, of executive status, that it's got to be much more vocal than anything else, that the door's open. It's just a matter of who's going to go through it. Yeah. I mean, I think this is where, since cannabis is so new, it's not as like an established industry like tobacco or alcohol, where that's that's been around for years. Um, I think people need to especially go in with low ego. Specifically, I always say this all the time because it's so new. We don't have a lot of, you know, market consumer reports, data in the space. Like it's it's all um what are, what I'm what am I trying to say? We're we're all trying to survive in the sandbox essentially. Um and we have the ability to break things, mess things up and rebuild them back up to hopefully how we're going to be shaping the industry for the future. So since we're kind of in the earlier stages, there are those pockets. I would I would say more opportunity for women to essentially take on more leadership roles because again, it's like I don't want to say no one knows what they're doing, but everyone is truly being experimental at this point. I mean, we we didn't know that cannabis was going to, you know, was was going to succeed during COVID. Like that came up and and everyone's sales went out the roof and everyone was pumped. But right before that, everyone was afraid, like, what's going to happen to the industry? Is it going to crash? So there's going to be ebbs and flows. I I think it's going to I think it's going to be um, important to identify those pockets. But again, since it's not a super established industry yet, there's a lot of opportunity for growth um, and creating foundation and those building blocks to what that industry is going to shape into into the future. And that's where um, I feel like women do have a lot more opportunities to come in and succeed in this space. And the latest information we have from MJ Biz Daily that talks about this, you know, even for me, I just think sometimes I wish women wasn't, uh, women were not necessarily considered a sector in diversity, equity, inclusion, because I just think it's, it's so much more than that. But and when it comes to the latest information that we have, uh, the percentage of women, uh, you know, bosses, they said in the cannabis industry, as according to Market Watch, they reported this from MJ Biz Daily, rose 1% to 23.1% in 2021 over the previous year. 
and well below when it was 36.8%. So before pandemic, you had a much more concentration of women that were in leadership roles, but that has, that has uh, still been an issue. And I guess there's been no recovery. Are you surprised by what's going on there? And now the one thing is they also say in this report that the total percentage still is well below national averages for all types of companies. <laughs> so the progress, what's holding back, what studied the growth? Huh. I mean, that's a, I mean, I don't agree to, number. Yeah. I don't need to be negative, but I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. Right. But it's amazing that that's a part. Oh, and God. I just don't know if it's because and I wish, I, I wish we had a, a more into the details of the numbers as to why that's the case. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I mean, we still live in a pretty, I, I would say, somewhat misogynistic world. I mean, this this isn't just within, this isn't just systemic within cannabis. This is within, like, any other industry you're in. Um, I mean, you know part of it is, too? You have a lot of Fortune 1000 types that come in with a very a very conventional, traditional mm-hmm. uh, method of uh, leadership. So the problem is, I always thought that was one thing where it's not so much grassroots that are growing these companies up, is that you have people come in that, that leadership. Yeah. That is the part of, they come from other sectors. And they're just following the same book, the same, uh, same. Game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it sounds like, I mean, it's, it's definitely like a transitional period. And I just, it, it, what it sounds like is you have people in power or in leadership that have the ability to build their team. If, if you're building a team in a sense where you're hiring the same type of person, I just feel like you're just going to get the same perspective over and over again. I think it's important to acknowledge people, to, to hire people that are, are different than how you think, um, that do think outside the box, that, you know, hire more women, hire more BIPOC people. Um, I, it's, it's, it's important to have a diverse leadership group because Again, you want people that are going to bring different perspectives and thoughts and ex- especially experiences and perceptions to pr- perspectives to the table. So for me, that's 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 how I look into when when building my own personal team or you know when someone's running a leadership team. but I mean, at the same time, I, I'm just not surprised. I mean, maybe it's a comfort level thing for some of these folks. they they, they do want to hire people that 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 look and talk just like them so <laughs> right and the thing is you have been vocal about this before because I, I know uh, pax labs actually uh, profiled you last march and you may and there was a quote i really wanted to point out that i thought you really said it well quote when you're a woman working in the industry it's across the board how women are disrespected there shouldn't be preconceived notions if you're doing that you're writing off potential talent collaboration partnership mm-hmm. agreed mm-hmm. There, it's, it's not that hard there are plenty, if you're going to hire and you're going to put out a, a, a call for whatever position, there are going to be plenty of women that are going to be there to be looked at. And for me, it was always, you know, I, for my business here and podcasting, doing for Cannabis Radio, even when we first started, I can't tell you how easy it was to go and just say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, let's bring on hire who we need either for production or whatever it was. And there was a time, I mean, I can't tell you how many women that were coming into the industry. And, you know, it was just, it made it so simple. It was like, I want the best, most talented, almost always women. I mean, for a while, I felt like that's all we were going to get were women that were going to be the most talented, the most uh, erudite, that were going to be just ready to come in, step right in and contribute immediately with very little training or very little uh, need for any kind of uh, 
you know, just getting them set up. It really was that. And I think the cannabis industry needs to notice that more is that whoever you're hiring on board, whatever executive recruitment is out there. And we have those companies. I mean, hell, there's one, you know, that does a show with us. They, you know, they, they do champion women. And that's one thing that's made very important. That just needs to happen with everybody. They're just yeah. more of an importance of, listen, don't, again, preconceived notions is exactly right. Yeah. Take that out of everything. Yeah. Just take that filter out and just notice who's going to come in. You're going to find, I mean, there's, I mean, why would you go ahead and downplay the percentage of who you're going to come in where you're just going to go ahead and think you're going to get the same minded professionals that you want coming in? No, you want diversity. You want differing opinions in there inside when it comes into it. That's why when you're brought on the NABIS, there's obviously so much you contribute there in that first year. What do you feel like you, how you feel so far about making the transition here and how things have gone for you so far? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest decisions that kind of moved the needle for me with the transition was, was the people. I mean, like some people may, you know, look at this as like, this is a nine to five job, whatever. But for me, it's like, this is a job I'm doing nine to five for five days a week. Right. Like I'm, I, I, I need to, I, I need to be able to support not only the company ethos, but the people that are made up of it. Um, I don't mean to get all like unicorns and rainbows and sunshines, but in the end, you know, like, like I mentioned, cannabis is already hard, hard as it is. You need a truly well-oiled machine. You need an you need an internal team that is collaborative, that's open, that 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 are, that are respectful of each other, that truly lead together in the space in order to succeed and like make it through this. Like right now, I feel like everyone is just in survival mode, um, and and it's been really interesting to watch and see and be a part of. You know, some of we, some of what our other leadership team members have been able to do during this time. So. Um, for me, pe- people people are a big thing. I mean, and that's why I mean, I get I show a lot of respect to HR because it's a matter of keeping intact company culture, facilitating growth and diversity, and um, making sure that you know we want employees to stay long term and create that longevity within the company. So, um, honestly, the the transition has been great. The people have been great. Obviously, Vince and June. Um, they're really doing great things in the space. And I think just to be a part of that and really believe in the vision, but also be with, you know, other folks that that have the same um, objective and, and passion and want to win alongside you to to have this company succeed. I mean, it's it's really empowering. I love this conversation. And I know it's one thing where I'm always kind of waiting around and just Women's History Month just give us a good chance to go ahead and get this conversation up and going. And I really appreciate you taking time out and talking about this. And obviously, you know, you've got a great background. Nabis is obviously very happy to have you on. Vince, I'm sure, so I talked to him several times in the program. He gets it. He's, he's got his, he's got his uh, head to the ground and he's really making a lot of great moves and a lot of growth in that company. So you're in a, it's obviously been in a great place right there and a very integral role. So again, I'm here with Jen So the Director of Marketing Partnerships with Navis. And the website is getnavis.com, get N-A-B-I-S.com. And obviously, we got to talk about the Navis Marketplace. You want to just take a minute real quickly to talk to our listeners uh, that should go ahead and look at Navis Marketplace and look to work with you because you're the one that takes care of the brands. Yeah, work with us. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on with us. Really appreciate you taking time out. Thank you so much. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.